Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Borgani. Ramin, region tournament play is just about here. We are in our final week of the regular season. Where has the season gone? But alas... February is just days away, and we call it February Frenzy here in the GHSA. Going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of crazy upsets all throughout. Just going to try and hunker down and do the best I can to try to survive it all. But with that being said, Ramin, are you ready for the home stretch, sir? I think I am. The seasons go by faster and faster. I know we've both been busy. Uh, maybe the podcasts haven't been coming out as consistently as uh, we may have hoped, as one may have hoped. But today... We're going to try to get back into the swing of things for the home stretch here, and we'll jump into it. Um, going to date ourselves back, I guess, nearly two weeks ago, somewhere around the MLK Day weekend, there was the Sandy Spiel Showcase at Lanier High School. Six games, and we'll try to run you through them quickly. First off, the Elko Girls versus the North Cop Ladies. Yes, uh, and of course, everybody who did attend the Sandy Spiel Showcase January 18th at Lanier High School, I greatly appreciate you being there. It was a good event. Uh, a lot of good individual talent. The games, uh, um, some were a little lopsided, but, you know, that's what happens. Good teams come to play, travel far away, and they get after each other. Crazy stuff happens. But game one of the day, like you mentioned, North Cobb took care of Elka 55-42, uh, pulled away in the second half, trailed by two at the half. Um, then they had a five-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, but really just took over late in that third quarter into the fourth quarter. Zanya Austin, a uh, Alabama A&M signee, she was tremendous for North Cobb. Uh, and North Cobb's a team uh, that plays in that very difficult uh, Region 3 in Class 7A. Um, she was really good. North Cobb only plays five players, so uh, you can't get them fouled over. You're in trouble because North Cobb has a, a lack of size. But uh, Austin, the point guard, really makes everything go. She finished with 23 points, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, just such a good playmaker, um, can score the ball all over the floor, but just really is the heart and soul of that team. Then Sidney Thomas, an unsigned senior who just went on a visit to Shorter today, uh, had 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. She's a 3 and D type player at the next level, uh, can really stretch the floor. She scored her 1,000th point of her career at the event, which is pretty special, pretty cool to be a part of, uh, but she's a really good unsigned senior. And for Elka in that one, Jalissa Dumlat, she was she was tough. She had 18 points, about a 5'10 wing, um, gets downhill, aggressive, attacking. Um, but Veronica Hip heard a lot about her, um, ranked as one of the best players in the state of Georgia. Going to Clemson, um, I was a little bit, um, I don't want to say disappointed because now just looking at everything she does she is a heavy heavy three-point shooter and she's got the green light and she she's a tremendous ball handler and can really create space and she can pass off the dribble but uh she did not get to the basket at all against a team whose tallest player was about five nine five ten on a really 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 good day and she settled for a lot of threes and only you know she hit three threes and they were all really nice off the dribble but she left a lot of points on the table with missed opportunities but um, a little bit, a little bit surprised with just how well North Cobb really defended a prolific scorer like that. Um, but it was just you know you got to give a lot of credit to that North Cobb defense. 
uh, Madison Edge spent time on her. Adana Colvin, Sydney Thomas, you know, they really switched a lot of screens as well. So pretty much everyone had a crack at her. And they did a really nice job of defending Hip and finding where she is on the three-point line and making things tough. But overall, it was a really good win for North Cobb. On to the 3 o'clock game, Kyle Ellicott versus GAC, this time on the boys' side. What did you see there? I saw GAC really uh, just bludgeoned ELCA, um, really took it to Elka, 91-67. to I saw Cole Perusic probably had the game of his life. I mean, when you hit eight three-pointers, uh, you're kind of locked in, and Perusic, the unsigned senior with Division three offers an interest, uh, 28 points on those eight threes. He was terrific. I mean, they were knocking down every single shot they threw up there, really. Lamar Randolph was tough. Um, the junior had 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, four, uh, three steals. And then Cliff Baskerville, a sneaky good unsigned senior guard. He put in 28 points, five rebounds, and three assists. So uh, GAC was really good. I mean, they were just doing whatever they really wanted. For Elka, A.J. Flagg, he had 20 points. Uh, he is a, an athletic young guy. Uh, I believe he is a, uh, a sophomore about six foot two, six foot three. Uh, he has some upside. I kind of liked him when I saw him at Georgia Tech uh, over the summer. Just with you know, he's he's a big guard. He's athletic, and he plays pretty hard. Uh, he had 20 points, led the way for Elka. Uh, Jordan Smalls, the rider signing, just did not get enough from him. Nine points, and uh, Izzy Momadou, he had uh, you know five points. Kind of was in and out. Uh, Coach Mason played a lot of guys, so a lot of people saw opportunities to. You know, try and impact the game, but I mean, down 24 to 12 after the first quarter, down 49 to 31 uh, at the half. Uh, the game was kind of out of reach, and at that point, Coach Mason was really just shuffling everybody in to make sure everyone was getting good opportunities um, to kind of showcase themselves, especially for a young team with a lot of inexperience, kind of playing towards the future. Uh, but it was just a really, really dominant win for GAC, and when GAC shoots the ball really well, like they did. They hit, jeez, I'm just looking right now, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 threes. When you hit 13 threes in a high school game, you're tough to beat. And GAC with a three-point shooting, that's why they're a dangerous team in the state tournament. Back to the ladies basketball for the 430 game, Hart County versus Douglas, a little 3A versus 2A action. Douglas just really overpowered them uh, with their press and athleticism. Hart County really lacks ball handlers that can handle that type of pressure with Torian Starks, obviously, since graduated. Douglas ran away with a 57-31 win. Um, Ashanti Weems, 5'10", junior wing, was really good. Uh, again, just that athleticism and length, just turning defense into offense and then slashing nonstop to the basket. Uh, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. Um, she was really good. And then Kayla Sesbury, uh, a little guard. Uh, she's, uh, I would say, one of the engines on that team. She's a senior, 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, seven steals. Um, you know, plays plays well. She's quick out there, uh, a trustworthy guard uh, for Coach Allen. So she had a really good game for Hart County. Um, Tanaya Alexander, she's she is a big, strong, six foot junior, physical post, uh, just a huge lower body that just overpowers everybody, and she is. She uses every single ounce of that frame. I mean, she had some offensive fouls and some charges, which, you know, a couple of them, yes, but a couple of them, she was just overpowering opponents. Probably uh, kind of, the referees kind of, uh, you know, 
with the uh, the little guys get away with some things, but uh, she is strong. 11 points, 15 rebounds, two steals. Uh, they just did not have enough offense outside of her, especially on the perimeter. Back on the gentleman's side, um, Hart County versus Evans, 3A versus 6A. Some may say, you know, uh, not even matchup on paper. Both programs coming off really good years last year, looking to carry that over into this season. What did you see? Uh, well, I saw um, a butt whooping, to be honest with you. Uh, I was really surprised. I thought this could have been our, our best game of the day. But, man, give credit to Hart County. They came out and they just put it on Evans. I think they opened up, what, 12-0, 13-0 to start the game. They were just pounding Evans. And um, Christian Chambers, uh, unsigned senior, the lefty for Evans, he was great. He was he was a one player that, you know, he, he, he was ready to play once he stepped off the bus. I know it was a long trip for both of those schools. Uh, but he was great with 21 points and four rebounds, but other than him, he just did not have enough help from anybody, and it was just an overwhelming performance from Hart County. I mean, looking at Hart County, um, you know, seeing that performance against a very good Evans team, and then what they just did against Jefferson the other night, got beat by about 20. Um, I, I don't know how that happens. Uh, Hart County looks like, or at least looked like a team that could truly compete for a state title and, you know, could compete against the likes of Pace Academy because they have such length. I mean, Sean Webb, you saw him last year during the state tournament run, uh, six foot four junior now. Uh, it's just, I, you know, a guy I was telling Division Twos to keep an eye on, but, you know, at the rate he's improving, he could end up becoming a, a guy that should be on Division One radars maybe by the end of next year. But he had 22 points, six rebounds, seven assists, three steals, two blocks, just so long. Just his arms are just ridiculous. He can. You know, just cover so much ground defensively, and that what is what makes him such a great two-way player. Um, just so talented, um, and the the freshman. I mean, obviously, J.C. Curry had a good game. Uh, I believe he's a sophomore. He had nine points at three threes. Quay Randolph, who barely played off the bench last year, um, gives him another six foot five post presence, athletic shot blocker, eleven points, six rebounds, three blocks. Demetrius Glenn, who transferred in, uh, playing point guard this year. Has been more of a shooting guard in the past with 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. He was really good, but the freshman is what has to have everybody in Hart County extremely excited. If not this year, next year with Sean Webb and Taj Johnson, the six foot seven freshman. Uh, he's a budding star. He had 15 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, but you know just how he got those points. So athletic. Uh, he's already stepping that side, knocked down two threes on the game. Um, he can handle the ball some. He is just going to be a complete nightmare. And with that length, I mean, you're looking at a starting lineup that goes about, you know, six foot one, uh, about six three, uh, six four, six five, six seven. Uh, that is a really big front line uh, in Class Three A. That's a lot of length compared to what Hart County did last year when it was about five eleven, five eleven, you know, six three, six four. Um, there's a lot of length in Hart County this year, and if they can keep it focused and keep it together, and if they can get that number one seed coming out of a really tough region eight, and I know they got a big, big game with Franklin County this week, um, they're going to be really tough, I'm telling you. They are going to be really tough, and Hart County was extremely, extremely impressive in their 76-50 win over a really, really good Evans team that had just a nightmare of a game against the Bulldogs. 
In game five of the day, back on women's basketball, Elbert County versus defending state champion and home team Lanier Kyle. What happened? That was a team of freshmen, literally all freshmen that start for Elbert County. They were scrappy at first. You know, press kind of slowed down Lanier, but Lanier just too big, um, too too old, too too senior-led, and uh, they won 51 to 30. Um, Just way too big. Chris Bellazuma, 13 points, 14 rebounds, three steals, four blocks, one of the best unsigned posts in the state of Georgia, especially on the defensive end. She's probably the best defensive post player um, left on the board and one of the best overall regardless of classification and regardless of grade. She's a a great shot blocker. Uh, So she was really good inside. And then Zariah Davis, uh, unsigned senior as well, a lefty. She poured in 15 points. Uh, she was really good. And then Morgan Manley, a, a track and field star who's coming to her own her senior year, she had 11 points in the win as well. So they were tough. And for Elbert County, that's going to be a scary team. Fast forward another you know, two years or so when they're juniors and seniors, if they're all together, they, they need a little bit more height. But you know, playing against a team with 6'3 and 6'1 in the, the front court, you obviously look small, especially when you're all freshmen. But Elbert County – they are very well ahead of schedule. They don't have Maggie Campbell, who's going to Anderson, tore ACL again. They've been without their one senior leader, and it's been all freshmen. And uh, Coach Jones has really rolled the ball out there, and these freshmen have taken taken the league by storm. You know, they've been really competitive in Region 8, Class 2A. Anaya Allen, uh, she's been good. She averages close to 14 points per game. She had six on the day. You know, Terrace Hester. She finished with nine points to lead the way for Elbert County. But Elbert County, they're going to be a scary group in another year to give them some time. But, I mean, shoot, to consider that they're already competing and already, you know, closing in on 20 wins, probably not going to get there this year. But uh, they're they're up in the high teens right now or about to finish up in the high teens. Uh, That's pretty impressive for a group of freshmen. So they're going to be a very good team to keep an eye on. Uh, over the next couple of years in whichever classification they're in. I don't know if they're still in 2A or 3A or 1A. Depends on the the reshuffling of the classifications, which I do not have memorized yet, but Elbert County is going to be very, very tough over the next four years. And finally, the nightcap at nine, boys basketball, Elbert County versus St. Ann Pacelli. Hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Two teams that are coming into the season, really, at two different paths. Elbert County, a semifinalist last year, came into the Game six and twelve. St. Anne's um, went winless in sixteen seventeen. A game below five hundred last season. What happened on the eighteenth, Kyle? It was a very competitive game, and I feel like both coaches had to be pretty pleased with how they played. Um, it was forty forty going into the uh, fourth quarter, and that's after St. Anne Pacelli had a thirteen point lead at the half. But uh, the Vikings were able to pull it out. That St. Anne Pacelli. Um, and they're, you know, fast forward, you know, it's, that was on the 18th. I was recording right now 11 days ago. San Pacelli, they're, they're 16 and 8 right now. And again, this is a team that finished, what, just below 500 a year ago at 13 and 14. They're 16 and 8. Their best players are all juniors. This is a team that is definitely on the come up. And they're, they're playing really well this year. But again, if you're Cor- Coach Corey Black, you're, you're definitely not going to concede on this season. Uh, they're not going to win a state title or anything like that this year. But next year, you got next season definitely circled. And they're going to have just tidal waves of momentum 
heading into next season. Um, Travis Harper, he's a big 6'5 junior right now on the wing, you know, really lanky, long guy. He's a, a true jump shooter, gets good elevation, really loves, uh, you know, pulling from the outside. Uh, he had 15 points in that win. Uh, Keyshawn Fleeshan, um, you know, another 6'3 junior wing. He provides good athleticism and some slashing ability. And then the big guy who was in foul trouble most of the game, um, but when he came back in in the fourth quarter, he scored three, four, five, six points and drew countless amounts of fouls. Ian Matthews, about six foot five. You know, he's a big, thick boy. Um, you know, I, I believe he, he 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 can dunk, but he's definitely not catching alley oops left and right all throughout the game. He's a big time four spacer with just you know he can shoot the three but he's he can really carve out space is what i'm trying to say so he did shoot a three he knocked one down but really he's a big body that moves people out of the way with strong post moves um gonna get a lot of his work done uh you know below the rim but he is a tough guy that can really um alter games when he stays on the floor not gonna block a whole lot of shots but offensively and getting rebounds ian matthews a pretty good player to keep an eye on that's junior and then for elbert county it was just you know offense by committee no one really stood out ben rucker had 11 points Jaden brown 10 points Jamil burden eight points dj artister hit three threes and finished with nine points and elbert county they might not have that 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 great talent they had last year which was mostly predicated on um, just getting after it and aggressiveness and defense and just being hard-nosed, winning 50-50 balls. They might not have that level of talent, but they do have that identity of still playing hard. And we saw that from Don Hurlbert's team, and that's why they were able to put on a good show. But in the end, fell to St. Ampicelli, 57-52. And Kyle, now we'll move on to the rankings. We're going to hit selected parts of both the girls' and the boys' rankings. Week 11 published um, just on Sunday and Monday, respectively, as usual. Crazy to think that we've had 11, what, 12 of these if you count the preseason rankings. But nevertheless, girls' week 11 will start in 7A. Number two, Collins Hill, you wrote in your write-up, they got that signature win that they've been looking for. They're undefeated, but they still remain at number two. What win did they get, Colin? What do they have to do to knock off Westlake? What they have to do to knock off Westlake is beat Westlake. Westlake's going to be the number one ranked team in the state. They're number one in the power rankings. They're number one in the uh, aforementioned most important state rankings. Um, you have to beat Westlake. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And considering, okay, you got to give Collins Hill a lot of credit. They, they passed their test. They beat a good Wesleyan team, uh, and they beat them pretty handily. Uh, 71 to 50, but that really is the only test they've had all year. Collins Hill, considering all the transfers that they had poured into that school, they did not schedule anybody this year, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, pretty insane when you want to uh, be in the same discussion as Westlake. Westlake's going all over the nation, playing everybody. They're not afraid to schedule, uh, you know, Lovejoy and tough teams in the state of Georgia. Collins Hill, complete opposite. Maybe they didn't know they were going to bring in seven transfers this offseason, but I have a feeling that they probably did know they were going to do something like that. So they definitely reloaded, um, but they did not schedule well at all. And can they beat Westlake? They most certainly can. But, again, until I see it, I can't pick against Westlake. And it's just one of those things, if we are even trying to compare resumes, Westlake 
um, <laughs> head and shoulders by far much, much better, much stronger, much more impressive uh, than Collins Hill's constructed roster. Kyle, down in 5A, the number one team has a one in their, uh, I guess, in their record line. Buford 22 and one as of the time of publication of these rankings. They lost a close 145 to 43 to Class A Privates Wesleyan, and they how close were they to not being number one? Um, it did give me a little pause. I was able to watch Kale number two, Kale, who's currently undefeated still against Carrollton, which was the best girls game I've seen all season. It was a, just a great game. Um, but again, you know, Kel has played a, a good schedule. Um, most of that coming in region play. Uh, but really, Kel and number six Carrollton, they have head and shoulders again. Uh, they've really separated themselves from the pack because both of those teams pounded Villarica. And Villarica, at the time of the rankings, 19-4, um, and four, uh, but they had to fall out of the poll because Kel beat them by 25 points. And, um, you know, Carrollton beat them by double digits, uh, you know, a couple of days earlier. And then you're looking at Rome, who was that other team. And, you know, at one point we had four teams from Region 7 in the top 10. Uh, and then Rome, I mean, goodness gracious, Rome has been getting blown out by uh, both Kel and Carrollton. Carrollton beat them by 17 points. Um, so, Kale and Carrollton have risen to the top of that very tough region. And back to your question, how close was it? <sighs> Buford did play Wesleyan, and Wesleyan is still one of the elite programs. When you think about elite programs in the state of Georgia, uh, it's going to start with St. Francis. It's going to start with Wesleyan, Holy Innocence, now Hebron Christian, I believe, uh, Buford, um, and then Westlake. And I guess Collins Hill, uh, of course, is in there too, but there's about – Top seven, six, seven, eight teams in the state of Georgia that are going to beat pretty much everybody else outside of, uh, you know, that that top eight where, where it can get to close to being 50-50 games. And uh, Buford lost, uh, you know, I, I consider Buford in that top eight range with Wesleyan, and Kale is not quite there yet, but uh, Kale is very good, and I, I would not be surprised at all. I might be a little bit surprised if I don't see those two teams matching up in the state finals for Class 5A. But to answer your question again, how close was it? Inching there. Kell is inching there. But again, seeing how Carrollton was able to turn them over with their press, Buford's going to press. Buford's going to be extremely efficient. Buford's not going to turn the ball over as much. And Buford has senior leadership. And Tate Walters going to Furman. And you got Blair Wallace, a great three-point shooter. Uh, they just have a lot, a lot of firepower over there and got some good guards as well. And uh, Tamori planting some size inside. So uh, Buford, I think, still securely has that number one spot. But Kell is getting closer and closer. In Class 4A on the ladies' side, Kyle, we always have one. It doesn't matter what week it is. We'll go into the region tournament, into the state tournament, and we always have one. It's going to be number five, Troop County is the only um, undefeated team in the classification, but yet they're number five. What do you see in Class 4A? Uh, um, I was able to see Troop uh, play this past week against Cedartown. It was uh, much to my chagrin uh, that arguably their best player, uh, Anaya Palmer, did not play. She hurt her ankle the previous night. I believe she's back now, so it was more precautionary to sit her out. And 
From what I've been told, she's a straw that stirs a drink. And the drink I saw without her was it tasted okay. It wasn't the best drink. It was it was an okay tasting drink. Um and they, they struggled to win against Cedartown. I believe they ended up pulling away. Um I think they might have won by about ten points or so. They won uh let's see, I could pull it up right here. Forty seven to thirty seven. And Cedartown's an okay team. Um uh, might not make the state playoffs. I think they'll Cedartown will get in. But with that being said, Troop, troops good, but at times they did look like they can kind of just coast out there. And, you know, without their star player, you know, you can't really coast. And they kind of might have took Cedartown maybe a little lightly for some reason. Um, I'm not sure. But I think Troop's still a good team. Um, they do have Amber Gilbert. She's a real physical uh, post presence that can shoot the three ball. Uh, Palmer, I, I want to see her play the big, long, athletic sophomore. She's really, really, really good from what I hear. And then they have a talented freshman in Alexia Murphy um, who has a really good nose for the ball, really good rebounder, and just a, a physical presence um, from about 15 feet and in. So they have a really nice nucleus. I'll give them that. And they're undefeated for a reason. They're, they're, they're good, and Troop has handled their business. Um, but the only reason why... I had them following a spot is because Woodward Academy has Sydney Bowles, and I saw Woodward Academy and what they did against North Clayton. And I mean, Bowles is averaging over 25 points per game. She's a, if she's not already, she's a four or a five star recruit. They got size and style. I mean, they can throw out, you know, a starting lineup of about six foot six one six one. Uh, Kyla Near is just. A uh, gritty guard. I, I just think Woodward is better than Troop County, and not trying to take anything away from the outstanding season Troop County has had, but I just think Woodward Academy um, is closer to contending for a state title right now uh, in Class 4A, and that is why I have Woodward Academy kind of jumping back over Troop County. In Class 3A, there's been an up and down. Uh... I guess season in Region 7 with the Region Tournament coming up, Kyle. How is Region 7 going to shake out? That is a good question, and this is going to be one of the best, best, if not the best, one of the best Region Tournaments, especially on the girls' side, that we are going to have. Just when you think you have it solved, you know, GAC, they got that number one seed locked up. They're only 13-11, and 11, but they're 9-2 and two in Region play. But Lumpkin County, who was, you know, had a bad week, week-and-a-half stretch, uh, they just turned it on. Lumpkin County is is back, looking like a a, a potential, you know, spoiler. They're fifteen and nine, but their last what handful of wins here. Just looking at it, uh, they beat GAC sixty seven to thirty five, uh, and, and they beat North Hall, who really rose a lot over the past couple weeks, uh, fifty one to thirty six. So two big time double digit wins. The only problem there in the middle, a 63-55 loss to Dawson County. But, you know, just, just looking at this region and how it's shaped up, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. GAC is a number one seed. They're 9-2. and two. North Hall 7-4. and four. But then it's that log jam. Fannin County 6-5. and five. Dawson County 6-5. and five. Lumpkin County 6-6. Six and six. And I'm telling you, just looking at those teams, Dawson County 13-10. and 10, Not the sexiest record. But that, that's a that's a really tough team. And GAC, like we mentioned before, best team in the region. They're only 13-11. and 11. Um, But it, it's, it's anyone's game. I would not be surprised to see any of those, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five teams get into the tournament. 
And the bad thing is, it's going to suck, but one of those teams is going to have to go home early, and one of those teams that is going to go home early and not make the state playoffs very well could be a team that had enough talent or you know, just overall was good enough to at least make a run to the Elite Eight. So it's a real shame, and you know, I don't think uh, 3A does. Yeah, the power ranking systems, but boy, if you could ever have the uh, the the at large bid, and I'm just looking at it right now, it, it says in 3A, you know, there's going to be an at large bid available again. So it's very well that we do see this region send in five teams, uh, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But it's been such a really good region all throughout. It's going to be a great race, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing who who rises to the top at the uh, you know the biggest moment of the season. And that will do it for the discussion of the girls' week 11 rankings. On to the boys' side. We'll start from the top and work our way down as usual. In 7A, Grayson goes wire to wire as your number one preseason to week 11. They eked by Shiloh, six, number two Shiloh, 68 to 67, I should correct myself to say, to retain that number one spot, Kyle. Yeah, um, Grayson is – they've been the team to beat, man. They're, they're good, and they've been pulling out some tight games and – you know, they've seen a lot of stuff, that senior-laden group. You know, a lot of guys over there, you know, they've all come together and they're, they're playing exceptionally well. Um, but, again, talking about great region tournaments, we've been, you know, preaching Region 8 all year long. Grayson's had some nail-biters with Shiloh, with Newton, uh, with Archer. <sighs> Jeez, you know, I think Grayson's going to be able to rise to the occasion and win that region, but... I know it's going to be cliche to say, is anyone going to be surprised? But is anyone going to be surprised if Grayson somehow does not win that number one seed out of that region? You shouldn't be. I mean, Grayson's terrific. They're tremendous. They're a top five team in the nation. But Georgia high school basketball is really good. And especially in region eight with great coaches and really good talent, Grayson's had to, you know, slide by by the skin of their teeth. So I'm not overly surprised if somehow they get knocked off. But it's going to take a Herculean effort, um, but Shiloh's been close, Archer's been close, and Newton had that magic three-point night where they were able to get the job done. Uh, but Grayson, definitely the team to beat still. I would still say if I had to bet on a team, I'm still going with Grayson. But boy, they just got to get out of that Region 8 gauntlet first. Down to Class 6A, Kyle, Tri-Cities tumbles in the power rankings and they can't seem to kick back into gear that they had in the uh, first half of the season. Yeah, Tri-Cities has been uh, – they're, they're still good. I think the state championship will still likely run through them. But, I mean, 20-5 and five now is really good for most most teams. But when you're looking at it, they're 2-3 they're and three in their last five games. Um, you know, East Coweta had them down double digits at the half. If they didn't turn around and, you know, take it to East Coweta in the second half, they could be, you know, 1-4 and four in their last five. But you, you can't do that. So they lost to Langston Hughes. 85-77. Then they came back, beat East Cowie to 77-73. Beat Northgate, 92-55. But then lost by seven to Alexander. And it came, they trailed by double digits most of the way. And then they end up losing 73-71 at Douglas County. So things are not all gumdrops and lollipops right now at Tri-Cities. This is a really good team. And I know a lot of those guys are probably feeling the pressure. You know, they know they should be better than what they're doing. I know it's a really tough region, but... You know, Tri Cities, you know, two and three stretch. That's that's not what it's all about. And uh, Langston Hughes talk about a team that really turned their season around. 
17 and 6 right now. Uh, if they haven't clinched it already, they have a really good chance at clinching that number one seed. Uh, they got Douglas County coming up this week and then Creekside. If they handle their business, we're looking at Langston Hughes, I believe, is going to be grabbing that number one seed because they swept the season series with Tri-City. So uh, Langston Hughes has really turned it on at the right time, and that is a team to you know, especially keep an eye on. And that's at that Division One backcourt, Kaysen Jennings and P.J. Carter. Carter going to Campbell, Jennings going to Kennesaw State. They've been good, and they had a little, I, I guess, addition by subtraction. Uh, Justin Hall left the program, big 6'7 guy, and now it's just, you know, Carter, Jennings, and then Josh Butts has been doing well inside. That's all you need, apparently. Lithia Springs, well, not Lithia Springs, but Langston Hughes, uh, really taking care of business right now, and they are red hot. That is definitely a team I would not want to see in the state tournament, and if, especially if they somehow end up winning this region tournament. Uh, they're going to have all the momentum in the world, and they could really be a team that could go very, very deep and get back into making. Down to Class 2A, Kyle, a bit of a surprise. Therrell falls to number three. They were the top dog all season in 2A, but a late stumble leaves them uh, searching, I guess, for answers. Yeah, that's the answer. Robbie Armbrister, when Robbie Armbrister went down with that hand injury, they kind of opened the door up. Now, they did a, a, a pretty fine job uh, for the most part, but oh, no. this it, you If you want instant reaction, you get instant reaction right here. Theral lost 74-71 at Hatefield Charter. 12-12 Hatefield Charter. I mean, we're talking about a team that I don't want to say they're free-falling, but it is a two-game losing streak, and it is a two-game losing streak in your own region. I don't know. Things are not going well for Thero right now. I still think they're tough, but without Robbie Armbrester, and it all started with that 55-52 loss to number two Douglas, that loss at Hateville Charter, that's that's really scary. So this is where you got to rely on your seniors, your leadership, Roman's son, Rashawn Frederick, Cameron Fortson, all these guys that have been there for years. This is where you got to put your foot down and say, hey, our brother's hurt, Robbie's hurt. we we got to pick him up, and we got to get back to the promised land. So... Just seeing that loss to Hayfield Charter, that is a bad, bad loss. Um, that, that's 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 very interesting. Um, but it looks like they still might be able to hold on to that number one seed. It looks like they still have a game lead over Douglas. Uh, but that is a surprising result. And you know, the number one team in the state right now is Swainsboro. And you're talking about a team. You know, Theral could always be bigger and stronger, and you know, outmatch people. Well, Swainsboro have. Uh, they have the uh, the the Sebro twins, Frederick and Cedric, and both of those guys are listed at six three and over two hundred pounds, and they're going to play above the rim. Uh, those are two big, scary dudes. AJ Kingsbury at the guard position. Um, you know, Emmanuel Hackett transferred in over there. Uh, Swainsboro's locked and loaded. So um, I think uh, you know, especially after seeing that that last result with that loss of Hateful Charter. Swainsboro is rightfully so ranked number one, and uh, Douglas is not too far behind them. But I know, hold the phones, hold the phones. Another rapid reaction, Ramin. Douglas losing to South Atlanta in overtime, 67-63. Just the other night, Ramin, I'm telling you, it's getting crazy. It's Class 2A basketball. Um, again, Douglas with a golden opportunity to seize that number one seed. That puts him behind the eight ball now with a Bad loss to South Atlanta, who struggled this year. Um, very, very, very concerning stuff 
very concerning stuff right now with that loss to South Atlanta. I'm not really sure what's going on, um, but I don't know. I'm not too sure what is going on, but something's got to be solved. It looks like South Atlanta might be playing good basketball right now, but Region 6, just when we thought we knew everything, it looks like there is much to still be decided. If we drag this podcast out any longer, we're going to get more results that come in. We're going to have to come back to the top and do it all over again. So before that happens, the last topic we had planned, at least I should say, Trutland is undefeated in uh, a public on the boys' side, but they have a big matchup coming up with 2A Dublin. How do you yeah. see that shaking out, Kyle? Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be a good one, and you're right. we 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 got to stop dragging this thing on out so long, but Dublin and Trutland, that's going to be a really good game down south. You're looking at Trutland, who's been undefeated. They're trying to close out this season on a high note. they got the the, the big trio of Cam Jordan averaging 18 points, 14, rebo- 14 rebounds. Uh, Chris Floyd came in averaging 16 and 7, and then uh, they got their man Sabo over there averaging 14 and 6 assists. Uh, it's going to be a good game considering how Trutland, uh, they won their first matchup with Dublin, and that is uh, considered a rivalry game, I believe, 50 to 42. Um, so Trutland trying to remain undefeated. That's a team that's always had great records in the regular season, haven't been able to get over the hump. They lost a heartbreaker last year on a buzzer beater in the state finals. we got to see how it all plays out right now. But Trutland, if they can get over that last hump, they're likely going to be undefeated heading into the state tournament. And that will do it for the podcast, Kyle. As always, um, we've mentioned it a couple times today, but this is week 11. We're heading into the region tournaments uh, over the next couple of weeks, next week. And then the first round of state playoffs, something we just looked it up, was February the 14th. So we'll have our usual coverage there, the state podcast extravaganza. Look out for that to come out. Um, as always, you can contact us on Twitter at KyleSandy355, at Sandy Spiel, the website, SandySpiel.com. We were just talking about this pre-show. We would love to hear what you want to hear covered on the podcast. If you have any specific games, topics, regions, matchups, whatever it is, add us on Twitter, and we'd love to feature kind of what you want to hear on the podcast. So we look forward to that. And as always, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off. <laughs>